Hello there. You are listening to episode six of the Female Guides Requested podcast. I'm your host Ting Ting, based in sunny Las Vegas. One evening in March, I had this pleasure to interview Mia Tohoki. Mia came to Colorado in 1985, intending to be a ski bum. She soon turned a new page and started her lifelong guiding career. And eventually became the 16th woman in the U.S. to acquire the IFMGA Mountain Guide title. In this episode, she talked about her love for guiding. In her words, she loved to give her clients wings, in order to accomplish whatever goals they set out for themselves. She also enjoys mentoring aspiring guides, male or female. Because she appreciated all the help, encouragements she gained from the community along the way, and loves to pay it forward. Mia's secret for preventing burnout is to diversify the terrains she guides. You can find her guiding and playing on rock, snow, and ice in Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. I just got back from ice climbing today, and I just got off Zoom from teaching Ari. So it's it's madness. <laughs> oh my God! Then I just catch you in a bad time. Oh no! This is just how my life is, and I've never used headphones, so this is going to be something new. But I just got these earbuds. Nice. Okay. So, what do you think? Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah. Nice. I can yeah, hear you great, and I'm also hearing just perfectly too. Okay, good. Yeah, I feel that I know you, but I actually haven't met you. <laughs> you, you have this big presence. I saw you up there all the time doing amazing things. Um, but I feel a little bit embarrassed that I can't pronounce your last name. So it is Toholki. So Toholki. So if you look at the if you look at the spelling and cross out the C, cross out the C, and pronounce all the letters. I see Toholki. Toholki. Yeah, Toholki. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll try my best because I have to do an intro for you. So、uh, it's 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 very it's a hard one, but yeah, Toholki. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I know what you do, but can you introduce yourself a little bit? Like, where are you based?、Uh, who do you work for? What kind of guiding do you do right now? Uh, so uh, basically, I live in Redcliffe, which is about twenty miles south of Vail, Colorado, and I have been there since nineteen eighty five in this general area. Wow, nineteen eighty five. It's been quite a while. Uh huh. Yep, in Central Colorado. So most of my life I've been here, and、uh, I do guide full time for Colorado Mountain School, and I do guide in all the mountain disciplines. And、uh, I guess in the winter, my focus is on ice climbing and backcountry skiing, as well as avalanche education. And I typically guide rock climbing in Utah in the spring and in the fall. And then in the summers, I guide rock climbing and alpine climbing back in Colorado. So that's kind of my gist. Wow! Do you even have an off season?、Uh, no, I do not really have an off season,、uh, but I do manage to take a lot of time off. Nice. So I saw on your、uh, social media, you just came back from a cool ice climbing instruction for women. Yes, so I teach、um, ice climbing a lot, and most of my clients are women. And it, it, it's I think they've just reached out to me because I am a woman, and there are not that many women ice climbers. And so it's been really, really fun to get out with other women and teach them how to ice climb because it's an intimidating sport, and but it doesn't have to be. Because、right. it's quite quite easy, and then so 
I know there are not many women ice climbers, but how about like other disciplines like skiing or rock climbing? Do you also you get mostly women or both genders, pretty much? Uh, I I would say um, I get both genders, but it's common for me to have、um, a, a female following,、uh, or yeah. I see. see how, how how I should phrase that.、Um, I guess. I mean, I I I I teach, I teach to all people, but because I'm a woman, I think more women reach out to me, even though I teach, both you know for all. Of course, I don't know. How, I don't、yeah. know how to say it. I mean, you to, certainly you can guide everybody, but yeah, somehow right, because your、right. identity is a woman, so do they reach out to you directly, or maybe they go through the Colorado Mountain School and request a woman guide? Uh, yeah, I, I would say a, a lot of people come to me directly、uh, through social media, and then some go to Colorado Mountain School and ask for a female guide.、Uh, but、uh, I do have both male and female、uh, followers that、uh, that I take out into the mountains. Nice. And how how long have you been guiding? Well, so.、Um, When I moved to Colorado first in 1985, I just wanted to be a ski bum for a year, but、uh, that sort of morphed into doing other backcountry adventures, and、uh, pretty much started backcountry skiing right away. And so that's when I knew I had to get a ski job. And so I actually started out as a ski instructor in 1987, and then to complement that, I became a raft guide. In the summers, raft guide, and yeah, and then that combination of ski instructor raft guiding、uh, earned me an internship at Colorado Mountain College, and I ended up working under a professor named Bruce Keim at the college, and he just supported me and encouraged me to expand my knowledge, and we became really good friends, and I ended up teaching many many different courses with him. At the college for many many years, and in fact, I still teach a few courses at the college. So that's how the instructing started, and、uh, and then eventually, I took an ice climbing course, and、uh, that's where I met my husband. And he was an instructor, and、uh, so ice climbing has been a huge part of both of our lives ever since、uh, I took an ice climbing course. And the two of us would travel all over to seek out. You know, wonderful, amazing frozen waterfalls. But、uh, then in the summer,、uh, I guess it was back in, oh maybe ten, fifteen years ago, I got a job、uh, rock climbing instructing in、uh, Moab. In Moab. And so I did that. Yeah, in Moab. Yeah. And so I was the rock climbing guide in Moab for about five years. And while out there, that's when I started to to, to take the AMGA courses. So my first course was an SPI in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So you start. So you came to Colorado nineteen eighty five. Started instructing at eighty seven. But you didn't.、Mm. It didn't start your AMGA track until twenty twelve. Correct. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been teaching in the outdoor education world for a long time, and I'd heard about the American Mountain Guide Association, and it was a very intimidating entity.、And、intimidating I, in what way? I I thought that everyone that was、uh, an American Mountain Guide was a superhuman, and that. Um, there's no way, no how that I could ever become one of those.、Uh, so I was just teaching and guiding locally for all these years, and then eventually, when I was teaching rock climbing in Moab, I had to take an SPI, and I was so nervous. And、uh, I had a wonderful instructor, and he said that I should take my rock guide course. And I told him, "No, I can't do that. That is for super people." And he said, "No, you should take it." And that's how it all started. And then 
there was one course after another and before we knew it i had completed all the courses and i became the 16th woman in the united states to earn the ifmj license yeah i mean that's incredible uh but i i would like to dig a little bit deeper about that process too um because i teach spi courses too um i met a lot of say women they say that they are pretty intimidated and so and I've seen doubts of people that who would think that they might not keep going. So I feel that in order to be an IFMJ guy, you have to do ski rock, alpine. And so you have, you have many courses exams. So in any terms, if you feel like afraid that you probably will not continue. So what kept you going? Well, it all, like I said, it all started with a SPI and, and just getting the support from uh, my instructor and my examiner in that course and exam. And, and he basically said, you need to move forward. You need to take the next course. And I took it and I was absolutely terrified, but, um, but it was such a good experience and I learned so much and the people, the, all the other students and the teachers, they were all absolutely wonderful. And and I felt, well, I think I can keep going. And so I ended up doing the second the advanced rock guide course. And, uh, and then someone told me, well, it's really a good idea to take a couple of courses in the other disciplines because they work together really well. So then someone suggested, because I knew how to ski, that I should take the ski guide course. And that one scared me the most because I thought that everyone was an absolute extreme, extreme skier. <laughs> and there's no way that I could do that because I was not an extreme skier. But as it turned out, you know, I did quite well and I'm, I'm a pretty good skier. So that was not at all a problem with it. But for me, it was more in the intimidation of not being good enough. And um, it was it, it, it was uh, amazing just overall just to have the support from the instructors along the way saying, you know, you can do it. Just take another step and you can do it. And I felt that I got so much good mentorship along the way. And the the instructors, the, I mean, everyone just helped me. Everyone was so supportive, and both from a work standpoint and from a um, instructor, AMJ instructor team standpoint, everyone was very, very, very supportive. So it was it was really amazing. Nice. But I found it quite interesting you said that skiing was the most intimidating component because I read from the article, the, the common climber, you have the profile of you saying that yeah. you start skiing when you were a, a kid um, back in Sweden. Yes. So I would assume yes. that skiing probably is like the easiest thing for you. Well, it's interesting because yes, I've skied my whole life and, and yes, I am a very good skier. And, but for some reason I had this vision that the skiing guides were extreme superhumans <laughs> flying off cliffs and jumping out of helicopters and I see. skiing crazy lines in Alaska. And I just had a skewed vision. And so the, the skiing part was not, um, the difficult part at all, as it turned out. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I see. Yeah. And I kind of assume that since when you enter the AMG track, you already have a lot of guiding experience. So maybe that's why all the instructors see that, oh, come on, Mia, you can keep going on the advanced course at one after the other. Do you think that, um, you could have start earlier and be just fine too. Yes. I think it would have been a lot easier to start much earlier and at a much younger age than I did because uh, I did start quite late uh, in the, with the AMJ process. 
And but at the same time, it took some years of maturity to realize that I could actually do it and have the confidence in myself and having the confidence in um, just taking another step forward and believing in myself. I think, I think sometimes when you're a little younger, you may not have um, that confidence in the same way. I see. Then uh, based on your experience, what do you think? Because I've seen some people that come to me say, hey, do you think I can take uh, the assessment, the SBI assessment? And I think they are totally ready and capable, but they still have that doubt. So for me, I almost want them to just take it. But then they say, oh, I need to practice more and maybe wait another six months. So what do you find your, your experience to encourage or suggest people who come to you if they say, oh, Mia, do you think I'm ready to take the next level course? Well, the way I look at it is take a step forward and believe in yourself. And uh, that is really the most important part. And realizing that somewhere along the line, there are going to be some speed bumps. And that's okay. You're going to learn from those speed bumps. It's not going to be a smooth road. And there are going to be some failures and there are going to be some hard things along the way. But if you don't take the first step forward, you're you're losing out. And, and I think that is what I ended up doing. I took that step forward and it worked. And I, I've had many speed bumps along the way, but that's okay. You grow with those speed bumps as well. And I, I think it's important to just take a chance and go forward. And can you, sh then uh, you were talking about speed bumps. Can you share like, maybe like one of them with us? Yeah, so uh, for for example, um, I had uh, I had an accident um, a few years back, and it was before I took my advanced alpine uh, course, and and I had my left hand in a cast, and I had a torn rotator cuff, and but I hadn't had surgery on it yet. Wow! And so I went into the course, and I asked the examiners if. I could still take the course and they said yes I they would let me in but there were certain parts of the course I couldn't do so basically after the course I didn't have a completion because there were a few things I hadn't completed like the movement and the rescue and a few other things like that so I had to wait a full year because then a few months later I went in and had shoulder surgery etc and then it took a whole year f of recovery and then um, I could do my reassessment. And it was a year and a half later before I did a reassessment. So that was like from a from a core standpoint, it's speed bump. But then I've also had um, some injuries. Like I said, I'd had that rotator cuff surgery. And in my advanced ski guide course in Canada, I tore my ACL. And so that was another, you know, speed bump along the way and so between the, the accidents and injuries that unfortunately can happen but then also having things where you have to have retakes in the AMJ courses and exams and uh, I think most people end up having some failures and have to have a retake along the way and it's okay you learn you learn from those yeah I I, I remember Maybe it's your profile video from the Colorado Mountain School website that you mentioned about you torn your ACL and then you yep. have to ride your stationary bike. I think that was in Indian Creek look like, right? Yeah. So I basically I had my surgery and it was, I think, about April 1st. Right. And then the the whole spring and early summer we just brought the stationary bike with us everywhere and wherever we went camping and where my husband went climbing uh i would just put my stationary bike and just ride the bike <laughs> yep yep and it was part of the deal everyone else was out climbing but you know you 
you have to accept that those things happen. Right, because、um, I think one thing of being a guy is like I always tell myself, "Oh, I can't get injured," because then you can't work. And but but obviously sometimes you do get injured because we are doing a high risk job and very active. So, what do you do nowadays to say prevent it from happening again or? Do you have some sort of say the backup plan? Say if you don't have work. Yeah, it's that's a good question because I think you never know when things will happen. Whether you're going to take a fall or a tumble, or I mean anything can happen.、Um, so I think you can't really do much for prevention in that aspect.、Um, But I'm fortunate because since I work with a Colorado Mountain School, they're very、um, open to helping、uh, guides that get hurt, and you can work in the office and do other duties. So that is a, a good thing. And、um, and then I do also now have long-term disability insurance. So if something was to happen, you know, where I hurt a knee and I couldn't. Officially work for six months or something, you know. I do have an insurance plan for that. Nice. And, and how I, long have yeah, you and, worked for the CMS? I started working for CMS in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So it has、yep. been quite a few years. Yep. Also, one thing I kind of like to ask is like,、um, I also watch your video. You say, "Oh, you know, I want to guide for as long as possible." Maybe. When you are as old as Fred Becky, which which is incredible, and so you kind of envision that you you really enjoy guiding this much, you can do it as an old age too until your old age. And oh yes, mm-hmm. So I I want to like learn like what do you think is the best part about guiding? Well, I think it's just so satisfying to take people out and make people. Uh, learn a new skill,、uh, push their boundaries, try something new,、um, go get a little afraid of something, and then seeing these smiles on people's faces after they have, you know, overcome some fears or stood on the top of a mountain or learned how to ski down a ski run. It's just it's so satisfying to see this on their faces because it's just happy. I like to see happy. And do you have some favorite type of trip you like to do? Like, do you prefer any disciplines? I actually like them all,、um, and I think it's the variety that makes it fun. And and that is something I also always tell people that if you just go down one path, I think the chance of getting a little burnt out is pretty big. But if you diversify and you do a variety of things, then it's always exciting and fun. Because I look at, for example, the areas I'm teaching avalanche education right now. I'm in a different area all the time, and it makes it really fun and exciting. And then, in the middle of the avalanche education, I'm out ice climbing, and I'm taking people ice climbing. And then, in the middle of all of that, I take people backcountry skiing. So it's it's such a diverse,、um, diverse job that that I just don't get bored with it, and that is I think what makes it so much fun. Nice, true. Maybe maybe I should explore some other aspect. Right now I'm only like rock climbing.、Uh, I'm trying to kind yeah, of different climbs, <laughs> but sometimes you do feel like I'm in the. I, I do feel like I'm in the same area all the time. So that's kind of nice,、yeah. diversified. It so、uh, probably yeah. You, and I and I、mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, I I I like the idea of、uh, being diverse, and and it doesn't have to be at crazy high extreme levels. It's just. Keeping it fun, right, and having a good variety, yeah. And in general, I can see that you grew up in Sweden. What kind of environment that was like? Mountain town or? Oh no, I I, well, so I, I was actually born in Brazil, Brazil, and then I lived 
Uh, and then I lived in Ireland. And then I lived in Sweden with my parents uh, as a kid and teen, teenager. And uh, But we were city people. Oh, so okay. So 100% you, city. I see. Because yep. you moved to Colorado in, you said, Red Cliff, which is a, a mountain town, right? Very small. Oh, very small. Yeah. Yes. Four streets. So, so then, and then, but you feel that's most at home. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yes. So you, if I rather go, if the I go city to a person, town, you're actually more outdoor person. Yes, absolutely. So I grew up in the city, but I never, never liked it. I always tried to get out into the woods and run around and go sailing or skiing or always try to get away from the city. But the, that's where my family came from, was the city. Yep. I see. So no one in my family does anything outdoors. Oh, you are the, are the only one? I'm the only one. Yep. Wow. Um, did you even like take them out, say, coming to did your family visiting to you in Colorado and skiing? And they are city people. They are all <laughs> city people. Oh, nice. Yeah. But somehow you are like different. It's, it's very yep. interesting. Um, but I'm, I'm, then I'm glad that you found Colorado very satisfying. Oh, yes. Yeah. So and I know for people who love the mountains, Colorado is an ideal place. And so you're talking about you really enjoying guiding because you see people smile, people happy, either overcome um, difficulty or learn new skills. Can you share like some maybe the memorable moments or proudest moment with your clients? You're like, wow, just make you feel it's so great to be a guide. Oh boy, there are so many memorable I, moments. I know um, they gotta be. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick one, um, but let's see. I mean, I think probably the one of the most memorable moments was uh, a client of mine that he really, really wanted to climb Spearhead which is a beautiful alpine mountain in Rocky Mountain National Park. And uh, and it would be a huge accomplishment for him because he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's from Texas and he's low altitude and this, this will be a big, big thing. So we planned it as a three-day adventure where we hiked in one day and we bivvied out, and the bivvies were in these rock caves. It was wonderful. And then we got up super, super early, and we climbed the peak. And it tested him to its full, full, full capacity. But we made it all the way to the top, took a nap on the summit, or almost on the summit, and then hiked back down and got back to camp. And then we sat around camp and he was, he couldn't have been happier. It was the most amazing experience ever. And uh, you could just see it in, in his eyes. And then uh, to top it all off, we're sitting there in the afternoon and a herd of elk walked right by. And it was just a magical experience. And then we bivied out one more night and then we hiked out the next day. And this was now several years ago. And still, when I talk to him, he tells me that that's the best time he's ever had in his entire life. And uh, it was it was it was pretty magical. It's pretty magical. And you are part of the memory. It's so great. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and I believe that when you mentioned that there are just so many moments like that, that you see uh, from your guiding career. So I think that's why you yeah. want to guide until you can't guide anymore until you are a yeah. Fred Becky. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, there's so many, um, when, when you have people have success, it is just so wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, you, you teach people new skills. And for me, guiding is not so much about going from A to B, but also, learning something along the way and it's a big part of my guiding i really like to teach people along the way and so when you get people that come to you and they want to learn for example how to lead trad climbing 
and then you teach them and you work with them through the process and then eventually you give them wings and that's what i call it i give them wings and they take off and they're leading their first trad climb and it's so awesome and then you see maybe a year later and here they are and they are climbing on their own and doing yeah. it and it's so amazing to see that i i loved your uh why you said give them wings because i have these general questions i usually like to ask is like if you need to give say guiding a job description what would you say in one sentence maybe i mean give them wings it's <laughs> a very good job description yeah. for your guiding i think that's pretty amazing yeah i would say that that is a big part of, of how i look at guiding it's like i like to teach people to be on their own and have have the skills to do it and essentially tell everyone that everyone can be a mountain guide if they want to. And so, yeah, in one sentence, I like to give people wings. Nice. And then so do you, um, what do you see? Like, what do most people come to you to ask for? Um, what do they ask to do? Typically, most people? Oh, it is such a variety. Yeah, um, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'd like I really like um to create custom adventures. So, um not so much guiding somebody up this one peak or up this one climb or skiing this one line, but more uh, a custom adventure where they're working on a specific skill because they have a goal in the future. And so a lot of people come to me for more custom adventures. And I had one lady once and she basically wanted to camp out in some harsh conditions so she could train for climbing Mount Vincent in Antarctica. And so that's what we did. We camped out in some really, really harsh conditions at about 12,000 feet in Colorado and it was pretty nasty. And we suffered for a few days and it was great. And then a month later, she flew down to Antarctica and she climbed Mount Vincent and she said it was easy. Wow. And that, <laughs> That's nice. Super cool. And it made me and it made me really, really happy that, you know, we created this little custom adventure for her to help her prepare. And so I like those kind of things. Nice. I I can kind of see that you have this um mentors attitude say you know i want to help my client to be self-sufficient in the mountains i do goes. yeah i yeah. do and i do i do like to um you know coach and guide my clients and i always consider them my friends and i always consider them part of the team and i think it's important that they're always part of the team and so um try to give them that ownership of their their skill where they are a, a solid team player and I, I think that's a really important part for me nice and then but on the flip side did you find sometimes guiding has some challenging part like if oh you, yeah, yeah. Like the obstacle and challenges. What do you see common in guiding, or maybe for you, um, something that happened along the way? Well, I mean, you don't always end up with people you get along with, and I think that is the reality. And so the good thing is that most people that come out into the mountains or want to enjoy the outdoors, they're they they want to do it, but every now and then you actually end up taking people out that they're not really into it. They don't really want to be there. And I think that is really challenging. And no matter how hard you try and how positive you try to be, um, some people just, they're, they're just not on your page and it's like they don't want to be there. And I think that's a big challenge. But fortunately, that is not a common thing. Yeah. So you say you guide full time, like in yeah. say typically how many field days that you have for a year? 
Mm, probably actual field days. Yeah, I probably do about 120 actual field days. Wow, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> so let's come back a, a little bit. Um, you mentioned you are the 16th woman in the stage yes. to get the, the pin. Uh, yeah. I am a GA mountain guide. So I remember in one of the video, I think the profile video, you said that when you learned that there were few women, uh, I think maybe only one tenth women compared to men in the States have uh, pursued their pain, you feel even more motivated to complete this journey. And why do you why did you feel that way like you feel like you want to be a role model or something like that i think the the biggest driving force for me to continue to pursue to become an ifmga guide um, is just to show that yes we can and and it's not just women but it's all people and you know, for me, when I got my pin, I was the oldest person in the United States to get the pin. Oh. And that to me was such another driving force. And uh, just just the whole idea that, yes, we can do this. And it doesn't matter who you are, we can all do this. And to me, I think that was probably my biggest driving force to continue forward. And because I feel like so many people think that to be a mountain guide, you need to be, you know, young, 25 year old, white male. And it's kind of nice to start breaking those barriers down and showing that we can actually be mountain guides of all types of people. You know, we can be old and tall and short, and it doesn't matter. And uh, it's, it's wonderful. And so the whole idea of, of, yes, we can really was my motto along the way. And it was me and everyone else around me that I was going through the program with. Nice. And so you mentioned you were, actually I, I watched a, a video from one of the scholarship you got from I think 2015 PESO scholarship that for your Alpine guide course, I remember. Oh boy, that was a long time ago. That was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> See, I, I did some research <laughs> and, uh -huh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, uh, obviously your video probably didn't show the whole thing, but obviously all the instructor were male and I didn't see another woman in the video. Were you the only woman in that course? Yes. Um, so. In all the courses I've taken, I think I've only had three where we've had women. Okay. And I did my rock exam. We had a couple of women. A rock exam, nice. And, yep. And uh, in my advanced alpine and the alpine exam, uh, Norier and I, we were together in both of those. Oh, no, yeah. So yeah. that was, yeah, so that was really wonderful. Um, but other than that, there's been basically no women in any courses and all the instructors have been male. Yep. Okay. And did that affect you somehow? I mean, I, obviously you pushed through, but I was just wondering what your mindset was during that time frame. Did it, did you kind of feel a little intimidated or whatever? Did it affect you at all? Yeah, I was never intimidated, but probably because I was older. And so the my teammates, they were all younger and the instructors were younger and, and it didn't really bother me because I felt comfortable in my skin. But I would say in general, as, as a woman, you you unfortunately, but you do need to have some tough skin on your nose and you need to be able to stand up for yourself. And sometimes that can be really, really hard. And, uh, but for me, I think having a little more maturity made it maybe a little easier. Um, it seems like according to what you just said, that 
all、uh, the courses exam has been pretty pleasant. So it seems like the peer or the instructor, they were pretty professional and supportive in a way. Yes, I think all the courses、um, have been. There's probably only been one that I did not enjoy, but other than that, they've all been really, really positive, good learning experiences, and、um, the my peers have been very respectful and really nice, and so I feel very fortunate that it's been a super, super positive experience, and.、Um, I suspect that、um, that that's the case in general because I think guides are pretty amazing people, and I think the instructor team they're really amazing people. But、uh, but I do suspect that every now and then it can be intimidating, especially if you are a younger woman. I see, and then you also feel like one course didn't go as well as you wanted, so.、Um... Maybe it would be nice for you know other women to know that you know sometimes maybe there will be some unpleasant moment, but in overall, it's gonna be a good experience. Yes, I would say that you have to expect that there will be again,、yeah, kind of like I mentioned earlier, some speed bumps along the way, and maybe some moments that are a little more challenging. But I would say overall, the the. The peers and the instructor team—they're amazing. And now, of course, we have several female instructors, and that is really helping out a lot to change the culture. And then、um, I know that、um, in the common climate climate article, you also mentioned that the time has changed, and now it's just like you mentioned that there are more women instructors. And then maybe the community is also getting more diverse. So I would like to learn that because you start guiding since nineteen ninety three, is that right? Sorry, and so it has been a while. I was wondering what kind of changes do you see in the guiding community or in the climbers community? Yeah, I mean, I would say in the beginning, I mean, there were no women, and. And it was the men frequently would, you know, say, "Hey, can I help you with this? And can I help you with that?" And just assuming that you can't manage by yourself. And slowly, that is now changing, where you can tell that the the outlook onto women in the outdoor fields, you know, is more positive, and you're being respected. And I have many clients who are male, and they say they prefer to come to a woman guide because they feel more、um, uh, not secure, but like there's more empathy and there's more trust. And the woman is not trying, the female guide is not trying to,、um, um, you know, show off in a in a way that maybe some of the male guides do. And so, you know, the, we're starting to see more and more women guides, and especially in the rock discipline, and it's it's a positive thing. But it definitely didn't used to be like that. There's some like tips you offer also on the Common Climber article. Say that、um, first of all, you gotta believe in yourself, and then the. Another thing you're talking about, you need to speak up if you have doubts. So you are committed to speak up, and then it was related to this one snowy terrain that you you fell badly on. So you come, you are committed to speak up, and I found that it's kind of tricky that it, because it took me quite a long time to finally have confidence in myself, feel like I'm good enough. And you also mentioned that. At some point, you also doubt that maybe you are not good enough. So, how can we tell people, and what should we do? So, what can we encourage them to do so then they can gain confidence in themselves? What do you think? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs>、um, I I think to 
to get the confidence in yourself, you really do need some mentors and mentors that believe in you and that help push you within reason. And I think that is how you feel more confidence in taking those first steps. And, uh, and believing in yourself is so important. And, uh, and having a mentor to help you believe in yourself will make that process easier. Because um, sometimes, I mean, I had so many doubts in the beginning, but then I had so much support. And without that support, I would not have believed in myself. So I think that is really important. And then, of course, now it's it's hard to get mentorships. And so I think another way to look at it is the friendorships, where we support each other in the journey. And I think that is a really powerful way to help each other get confidence is by being friends and supporting each other. And they're talking about mentorship. Um, and then you mentioned you have good mentors yourself. And then can you name some of the bigger ones? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to, hard to do. I mean, I, I can name so many, right? Mm, I, yes. Uh, well, I would say my biggest mentor is definitely my husband. And yeah, he, and then you took an is, ice climbing course from him, right? Originally, right? That's Very, how we met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um, so I would say my biggest mentor is my husband. And he is the biggest supporter of me and uh, has helped me along the way fully. And there's so many, so many others. And there's especially a lot of amazing people on the instructor team that really, really have been positive influences for me. I'm always curious about um, husband because my husband is also my biggest mentor. When I when I met him, I was a relatively new climber and he has been climbing for a long time. And I'm always curious about the dynamic because I've also seen a lot of couples, you know, even it, they don't climb well together. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, like, do you find that you have to have some compromise or you have to do some adjustment to be able to climb well with your significant other? Uh, well, I think no matter who your climbing partner is, there are going to be some challenges at times. And uh, but I would say I'm very lucky that, you know, my husband and my main climbing partner, he is very very supportive and very understanding and and he does not mind doing things with me that i need to do to get better at my job for example or when we worked on training for some of my exams before you know the the amj program so i think uh you have to just work through some of the challenges but having a good partner is really important. And he has definitely been an amazing partner. And then I know that you also take the role to mentor newer guides, because I've seen some article on the blog of the CMS that um, is uh, Colorado Mountain School has some structure set up for, say, the senior guys to mentor junior guys, or is it all happen organically? Yeah, we don't have a structure. It's very, very organic. Um, but they encourage us to do uh, training programs for the junior people. And, uh, and of course, I really, really enjoy to do the all women mentorship, you know, courses or weekends or outings or whatever it may be. And, uh, and so CMS definitely encourages that. I'm also curious about like, like balance between like guiding and also other stuff. For um, for example, did did you choose like especially for women? I know some women choose to have kids, but uh, I don't have kids. And then, do you have kids? No. 
Okay. Did you choose not have kids because you want to maintain your lifestyle as guy, or maybe for other reason? Uh, well, I never, never wanted to go down that direction because I just wanted to live life the way I wanted to live it, and uh, so that's always been very important to me to to have have that choice. And I'm happy that that is an easy choice to have in this country. And how about you think?、Um, you know, you you mentioned that you you work as a full time, but you still manage to have enough time to do your own trip. So, did you find it hard to balance between, say, your personal playtime in quote, and then and then guiding other people? I would say that there are times when. Manage, managing the time is hard because you may have to work for a big block of time. For example, for a couple of months, so you have to work a lot, and you may not really have much free time or much family time, and so that can be a little bit hard. But I've figured out that if I do that, then I can take longer periods of time off in between, and so it for me that balance works pretty well. So, for example, right now I'm working a lot in the winter, and then come spring I'm going to work very little, and I'm going to spend a lot of time out in the desert, and that will make me really happy. And I'll also be guiding out in the desert, but not super much. So you mentioned that、um, kind of diversify the terrain you work on is like one of the good tip to、uh, prevent burnout, and. I'm also curious, like any other tip that you could offer, you know, because I'm wondering burnout could be like one of serious problems some guys have. Yeah, I think a lot of guides get burned out because they're stuck in one terrain, and whether it's just teaching single pitch rock or just you know taking people up Mount Rainier or whatever it may be, but they're just stuck doing one thing. And I think burnout is a really big factor then. So I think the more you diversify, and you don't necessarily have to go up in the AMJ program to all the different levels, but I think if you do go across, so maybe do the Alpine Skills course or do the Ski Guide course if you are a good enough skier, or at least do some of the base courses. And that way, that opens up some more doors where you can work in other disciplines. And、uh, I do think that is really important. And if some of those other disciplines are not of interest, then maybe some other guiding entities. Like I was a raft guide for ten years, and that was really fun.、Uh, I was a canyoneering guide for a few years, and that was really fun. So having a little bit of diversity, maybe some other sports, can also keep keep it alive. Nice. And how about like your outlook, like your future plans for、um, guiding or your personal trips and all that? And I'm also curious. Like, have you ever thought about going to Europe and guide? I know a lot of AMGA guys <laughs> said they go to Europe and guide, especially young fans. You live in Europe before? Yeah, no, I, I, I left Europe. <laughs> I lived there. Yes, I, <laughs> I was there. Now I'm here, but no, I,、uh, I really enjoy the smaller trips, the more local trips. I'd like to come home. It's nice to know I don't have to do the huge adventures. And I've done adventures in the past, but I don't feel I need to do those for from a guiding standpoint. And、uh, yeah, I think just staying more local is really nice. And then when we go on vacation, we travel, but a lot of it we travel in this country. And、uh, we go on big ice climbing trips or rock climbing trips or something like that. And、uh, that is that fulfills. That part for me, but I definitely have no desire to go to Europe and guide. So you mostly guide in, say, Colorado, the Rockies, and the desert in Utah. Is that that will be the most of it? Yep. Yeah, and do you guide in other places outside Colorado and Utah? 
uh, Wyoming, I guess. Yeah, so uh, Colorado, oh, the Utah, VW, Wyoming. Right. I saw your yeah. office climbing clinic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes down in Red Rocks. Oh, okay. You come to Red Rocks too. So, I mean, next yep. time you come to Red Rocks, let me know. I would love to oh, see you absolutely. in person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, and I ask uh, this because, you know, if people want to find you, you know, if they want to go visit Colorado and do, say, skiing, right? Ice climbing or some alpine climbs, they can find you there. And I'm, I'm, easy, I'm easy to find. <laughs> yeah. So what's the best way to find you? Uh, probably, I mean, I'm, I'm public, so I mean, Instagram. Instagram, okay. You know, is it is is an easy one. Um, Mountain I mean, Mia, right? Email, Mount, Mountain Mia, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my, um, my profile is on the Colorado Mountain School webpage under the guides. So I'm, I'm very easy to find. Great. It's I will not... make sure that I put all those on the, the show notes for this episode for sure. So they would definitely uh, be able to find you. And um, yeah. And what else do you think you want to tell the listeners? I mean, I, I don't know who are my listeners, probably mostly female guys and all female guys want to be. So uh, any words of encouragement that you want to tell them? Oh, boy, I don't know what I can think of right now, <laughs> but you can surely, after you synthesize some of this information, uh, send me another email and we can What's connect that? briefly again if you want to. If you have things, but if you feel like, oh, I want to ask her this, I mm -hmm. want to ask her that, or this you know, so just um, just reach out again if you feel like you want to ask some more questions, and I'll I'll think about it too. But I don't know if I can think of anything right now. You've been pretty thorough. <laughs> Great, yeah, and and thank you so much for your time. It has been a very pleasant conversation. Yes, I yeah. know. I'm so excited. And then uh, it's yeah, late. I'm so excited to finally. Yeah, I'm finally, finally meeting you. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, next time somehow, you know, we, I mean, I, I used to go to the desert. I mean, Utah desert a lot. And uh, if you come to Red Rock, we definitely should meet up. I know. Yeah, you, because I mean, we know so many of the same people, you know. It's, I mean, the guiding community, I mean, it's getting bigger, but it's actually still not that big. <laughs> so I think eventually, right, yeah. yeah, we all know each other, especially, um, well, cross my fingers that more and more female guides, so I might not be able to keep track of most of them, but uh, I think for right now, I still know a lot of them. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's a good group of people. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and now in Red Rocks, you have some wonderful, I mean, I love Tracy and Elena. Nice. I mean, Tracy's helped me a lot. Oh, I didn't and, even uh, know that, yeah. Yeah, before my rock exam, I went out with her for a few days. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, and she she was wonderful. Just yeah. Just helping me get through, just get through a few things, you know. Right. And I think exam. that's the, the beauty of a community is like, sometimes I think in the past, I was just like, oh, I should not ask for help. But the thing is, it's actually people are so willing to help people. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, um, I think we can just put it out there. I mean, sometimes we can't do it because we are working or something. But most of the time, if we can help, we would definitely try our best absolutely yeah i think i think it's it's important because it's it's give and take yes and uh you know i mean i've had a lot of people help me and now it's time for me to help others and and i really really enjoy helping other you know guides and uh it doesn't just have to be women it can be any people and i really enjoy uh, helping people taking those steps and giving them wings and moving forward. It's it brings me great joy. I definitely is going to put that tagline right next to your episode. Give them wings. 
Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thank yeah, you so much. Yes, it's been uh, very fun. And then um, you must be tired. Um, so I wish you have a great night. <laughs>